today's madness. It is y'all talk with a southern accent and all across college football. This week, teams and conferences are getting together and they're letting the press in on the fun and they're letting y'all on the fun. That's not just us, but it's y'all, all y'all. It is talk with a southern accent. I'm your host, John Rawl. And oh yeah, if you like college football, this is one of the best weeks of the year as the ACC is getting together in Charlotte. The SEC is getting together in Hoover, Alabama this week. And all the other conferences I saw coverage this week on CUSA getting together. Big 12, oh, they're together this week. And everybody getting in on the media days fun as college football is just about a month away. Oh, man, can't wait. Well, we're going to have plenty of college football speak on today's Y'all Show. In the next segment, our friend Jonathan Lifite will be on with his ACC report this week. We delayed it by one day. We normally have Jonathan in on Wednesdays, but because the ACC kicked off its media days in Charlotte on Wednesday, we pushed back Jonathan's report till today, and we're going to hear from a couple of the Atlantic Division coaches of the ACC. We've got Dabo Sweeney, coach of the national champion Clemson Tigers, coming your way in just a few minutes. Also, we'll hear from the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, Willie Taggart, and the new coach of the Louisville Cardinals, Scott Satterfield. Those are just three of the coaches featured from the ACC in our ACC Spotlight here in Hour 1. But SEC fans, don't get too jealous on us, okay? Well, first off, you need to be a little jealous because Clemson is your defending national champion. So SEC, hey, if you want another natty, you better knock off those Tigers or some other conference if that's the case here in 2019 but we've got the sec on our minds too when we get to hour two of today's y'all show we're going to hear from the king of at least alabama football nick saban he was at the podium in hoover and we're going to hear what some of what he had to say in hoover at sec media days 2019 plus we'll hear from the head coach of the mississippi state bulldogs joe moorhead the dogs had a successful 2018 we'll find out what's going on in stark vegas with the msu head coach plus we'll hear from the head coach of the arkansas razorbacks it all can only go up from here as chad morris will be at the mic in hour two and we'll wrap it up today hearing from the head coach of the fighting gamecocks of the university of south carolina will muschamp he was having a good time in hoover and we'll hear from coach muschamp in hour two of today's y'all show at the top of hour two, we're actually going to have a feature on books. So we'll let you know the bestsellers out on the New York Times list if you're looking for a good book in the closing days of summer. If you're heading to the beach or maybe for a quick trip to the mountains, we've got a couple of books you can take along. Or maybe some of these SEC and ACC coaches are trying to squeeze in a good read before the season starts. We'll have that listing in our buy the book feature in hour two and again we'll have headlines from the south that we will share with you including news on the commander-in-chief in in the eastern portion of north carolina on wednesday night but want to remind you here on y'all you can visit our website y'all.com for all the latest developments of the south also find us on twitter and instagram at y'all show you can call us that's a number to call or text 24 7 803 816 1170 we welcome your feedback questions comments criticism suggestions anything you got 803-816-1170 and on apps you can find us on tune in iHeartRadio, and 
the Apple Podcast apps. Search for Y'all Show. We are a free listen. Go ahead and subscribe. Help help us by liking us. Go to our Facebook page, and it's y'all.com on Facebook. All the ways you can stay connected here with us on the Y'all Show. Again, President Trump was in Greenville, North Carolina on Wednesday for his first sort of 2020 campaign stop in the state of North Carolina. He was joined by Vice President Mike Pence. In fact, Vice President Pence on the stage said, if you're doing better than you were here four years ago, join us. As he said from the stage, indicating that for most North Carolinians, at least financially, they are doing much better. But the the focus really at this rally in North Carolina was to see how well President Trump did after all the criticism he's received from both Congress and the media after he took jabs at a couple of uh, what they call the squad the freshman congresswoman from New York and uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Cortez. You had Ilana Omar of Minnesota, Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts, and Rashida Tlaib of Michigan. Those, the four they call the squad, and the president has really gone after them here in the last few days. And the president said, it's getting better and better and better. We've turned this bag, we, we've turned this big, beautiful, mighty ship We've turned it around. It's getting better, better, better. With your drive, we're going to keep on working. We're going to keep on fighting, and we are going to keep on winning. The president has a way of words of at least taking controversy and finding a way to package it in his own big, beautiful way, as he did at Greenville, North Carolina, on Wednesday night. Now, whether that's going to actually stick or not, all remains to be seen. Of course, with President Trump, there's always so much that he will sometimes create himself. And even when Congress slaps him on the wrist like they did this week, something else will come along bigger, more controversial, maybe warranted or not. And we'll have to find out if this plays on to next week. And more importantly, will it play on into the 2020 election? But the president having a huge rally in Greenville, North Carolina, Wednesday night as he's in the South getting ready for 20. 20. Now, he's heating things up in North Carolina Wednesday. Well, North Carolina and the rest of the South is going to be heating up, if not there already, as the weekend's going to be scorching across the Southeast, as more than 100 local heat records are expected to fall on Saturday along, according to the National Weather Service. And there won't be record daily highs, but record high nighttime lows as well. And I know in some places they already have reached the triple digits, very scary situations. You've got a high-pressure system stretching from coast to coast that's keeping the heat going across the south. The heat and the humidity are made to feel worse by the large amount of moisture in the air coming from the Gulf of Mexico, much of it left over from Hurricane Barry from last weekend. And when you look at the heat index alone, Washington, D.C., the temperature is going to feel like 110 degrees in our nation's capital on Saturday and other towns across the south, from Texas to Oklahoma, all the way to the east coast, you're going to see records falling, and 101 records, for example, stretching from Texas to Iowa, all the way to Florida, and that is going to be a rough couple of days. But according to the forecasters, there is relief in sight, but that's not until Monday or Tuesday, and you'll see some of the temps start to fall then. But hang on, it's going to get hot in most of the south over the next few days as we have 
this heat wave expected to stick around for 48 hours or more in most of our region. The, here's some good news. We've got bad news on the weather, but good news on this stat. U.S. overdose deaths from the last year, they fell for the first time in nearly three decades. Preliminary statistics suggest the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Wednesday posted the provisional numbers showing that nearly 68,000 drug overdose deaths were reported last year. That number may go up as more investigations are completed, but the agency expects the tally will end up below 69,000. And overdose deaths have been climbing each year since 1990, and it reached 70,000 in 2017. But still to have nearly 70,000 overdose deaths in one year alone here in our great country is, is really alarming. Good news, it looks like the number may be going down, but still a very disturbing statistic that so many people get hooked on drugs and then you have overdose deaths as a result of that unfortunate situation. A state representative in the state of Mississippi, a state house candidate there, killed his wife and in an apparent murder-suicide killed himself. This comes to us from Marshall County in North Mississippi. This Democratic candidate who was seeking election to the Mississippi House of Representatives had just been served divorce papers. He walked into a medical clinic where his estranged wife worked as a receptionist this week, shot her to death before turning the gun on himself. The sheriff of Marshall County, Kenny Dickerson, said the shootings happened at Williams Medical Clinic in Potts Camp. That's in the eastern portion of Marshall County. And this happened after Carl Robinson received divorce papers and the shooter found dead from what appeared to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, Dickerson told the local newspaper in North Mississippi. So this candidate for House of Representatives there at age 43 killed his wife, Latoya Thompson, before killing himself. It appears to be a murder-suicide from Marshall County in Mississippi. John Paul Stevens died this week at the age of 99, the former Supreme Court justice, and he's got his resting place picked out and a very fitting thing he'll be the 13th supreme court justice buried at arlington national cemetery his second wife marianne died in 2015 and is already at the cemetery the gravestone they will share has stood in arlington described with both their names since then his birth date april 20th 1920 was chiseled on the stone a blank space left for the date of his death and that date will be added July 16th, 2019, as he died Tuesday at age 99, a day after suffering a stroke again. He was on the bench for decades, having been appointed during the Gerald Ford presidency of the 1970s. And in choosing to be buried at Arlington, Stevens decided to be buried near former colleagues during his nearly 35 years on the court. He served with six other justices buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Supreme Court justices buried at Arlington included four Chief Justices William Howard Taft, of course, former president, who served on the court after his single term as president, Earl Warren, Warren Berger, and William Rehnquist, all buried at Arlington National Cemetery. I did not realize we had 13 Supreme Court justices buried at our nation's most hallowed grounds. A Virginia woman has contracted a flesh-eating infection and had to have emergency surgery after 10 minutes of swimming at a local beach. And this happened there around Virginia Beach, Virginia at Norfolk's Ocean View Beach. And the woman was with friends when she noticed the infection spreading. She ignored it for a couple of days, but then she couldn't walk anymore. So she went in to have emergency surgery. 
and found out that the doctors found that the infection may have spread through an open cut in her leg. Now, this follows, again, a story we told you about a Memphis man who died after going in the waters around Destin, Florida. But in this case, in Norfolk, Virginia, this woman there contracting a flesh-eating infection. And after only 10 minutes of swimming in the beach there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now, a good story coming from the beaches of Georgia as beachgoers there helped pilot whales from stranding on the shore. And this was just off of Savannah. Officials were hopeful that they had saved most of the short fin pilot whales that swam perilously close to the shore on St. Simons Island, about 70 miles south of Savannah. And unfortunately, the whales appeared to be stranded, but that's when harbor pilots spotted, uh, they spotted a large group of whales in the shipping channel. And they helped guide them to safety. So that's a great thing. Guided them from stranding on shore there at St. Simons Island. Some college basketball news. This involves a former Auburn basketball player turned NBA great Chuck Person. He was an assistant on Bruce Pearl's staff at Auburn University. And this former Auburn player, NBA star, and more is going to avoid jail time as it was released on Wednesday that Person came to a court and found out that he's going to receive probation and 200 hours of community service. person reportedly told the court of the pain that came with his 12-year-old daughter seeing him being taken away. This all involves a long case that's been going on, an FBAI roundup of corrupt basketball coaches from the college ranks. And Chuck Person, the rifleman, was fired from Auburn shortly after that. And then it came to light that he facilitated in the payment of a current Auburn athlete Donjel Purifoy and Austin Wiley, both of whom were suspended for the 2017-2018 seasons. And Chuck Person pleaded guilty to the bribery charges back in March. And his sentencing was this week where he will serve some community service in 200 hours of that, along with other issues there, but will not be going to court for Chuck Person, a beloved fixture in the past for Auburn Tiger fans. And remember Auburn this year, after all that off-the-court drama, went to the national championship weekend. They were in the final four and some people would say might've even should have played in that national championship game. More off the field news from the Southeastern conference, the spirit coordinator for the Tennessee Vols, Joy G has retired after complaints of discrimination. Last July, she was put on administrative leave with UT's Office of Equity and Diversity, receiving complaints that two undergraduate students were discriminated against because of sexual orientation and race. And an investigation found evidence of poor and demeaning treatment of members of the Tennessee Vols Spirit Squad. And now she is retiring after many years on the job as Tennessee Spirit Coordinator Joy G out on the hill in Knoxville. A Florida man has allegedly cut off the penis of his wife's lover with scissors. Yeesh! 49-year-old Alex Bonilla is accused of committing this act on the man who was his neighbor while the victim's two kids were home last Sunday outside of Gainesville, according to the police report. And this man, again, the victim told police that Bonilla attacked him at gunpoint, threatening to kill him if he resisted. And once inside the neighbor's bedroom, Benia allegedly tied up the victim and attacked him. And then Benia fled the house with the man's detached penis. Benia had called his wife and neighbor having sex last year. And cops charged Benia with aggravated assault, cruelty toward a child, and burglary. It's unclear if doctors were able to reattach the victim's penis. I can't imagine they were successful in that effort. But there in Gainesville, Florida, 
a very weird and disturbing story coming after this man did what he did to his wife's lover. All right, maybe we'll find a little bit more happy story to wrap up our news headlines today. Here's another story coming from the Sunshine State. Officials in West Palm Beach are hoping a continuous loop of baby shark being played through the night will keep homeless people from sleeping on the patio of a city-owned rental banquet facility. And the West Palm Beach Parks and Recreation Director tells the local newspaper there that they're trying to discourage people from sleeping outside the glass-walled waterfront lake pavilion, which rakes in some $240,000 annually from events. So they've got a loop of the song Baby Shark, as well as Raining Tacos, and a temporary loop going on off the patio, and that's going to be playing throughout the night. And the local officials say it's wrong to chase people away with music, Hey, they're not supposed to be there anyway, I'm sure, but would you want to hear Baby Shark played? And if you haven't heard that song, Baby Shark, which is a kid show that's only been on the air a couple of years, it is annoying. I'm sorry. I know little kids might like it, but it, I can't imagine anybody trying to sleep through that if you tried to sleep outside of this place in West Palm Beach, Florida. Baby Shark, Daddy Shark, do 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 Well, that is all of our headlines here on today's Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to switch over from talking about Baby Shark to the ACC. They have the Media Days event going on this week in Charlotte. And Jonathan Lifeheight of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital is standing by with a report from the Queen City. And we'll let you know what's going on there. Plus, we've got audio from Clemson head football coach Dabo Sweeney, Florida State head football coach Willie Taggart, and the new man on the scene in Louisville, the Cardinals head coach Scott Satterfield. That's all coming up in our ACC Spotlight later this hour. You don't want to miss it. Daddy Shark, Mama Shark, Baby Shark, Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. 
You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. It's the Y'all Show, Talk with a Southern Accent, Thursday edition as we continue our coverage of Media Days. We're going to have SEC Media Days coming up, so don't worry, SEC fans, but we had to push it back one day. It's time now for our ACC Spotlight on today's Y'all Show, and the ACC, just like the Big 12, just like Conference USA and other conferences, they're getting together this week, and they've got Wednesday, Thursday meetings in Charlotte, NC, and we're all over it here on the Y'all Show, and we're going to bring on our ACC insider, Jonathan Lifeite of CBS Sports Digital, and 247sports.com to help digest what happened on day one of ACC Media Days and what's to come in Charlotte. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, John. How's it going? It is going good. This may be one of my favorite weeks of the year because every single major college football coach makes themselves available. They put a big old smile on. They're usually wearing a nice suit. And everybody, for the most part, is optimistic and upbeat because they're all undefeated. <laughs> that they are. Uh, I, I do find uh, the uh, the amount of uh, substance to what they have to say, though, a, a bit amusing. So. Yeah, not much coming there, I'm sure. But we're here covering it. And on this ACC time that we have with Jonathan, let's talk about what's going on in Charlotte this week. Jonathan, uh, the athletic uh, commissioner of the ACC, is John Swafford. He was at the mic. What did he have to say about the ACC network, which is getting ready to debut in about a month? Yeah, so he, uh, in typical Swafford uh, fashion, uh, Really didn't give out a lot of particulars, but uh, I think the big thing is is um, uh, he indicates that uh, the ACC is ahead of schedule, on schedule, or slightly ahead of schedule in terms of getting the uh, the network carried by the the respective uh, you know um, cable and, and uh, satellite providers. So um, still a number of large deals that haven't been done yet. In particular, I believe UVerse, uh, Comcast, Xfinity. Um, they none of those are carrying it yet, but um, a number of carriers are, and uh, uh, the ACC seems he seems to feel confident that deals will get done on the timeline that they had anticipated. They expected it to take, I think, a total of three years, um, and then uh, to, to kind of get there. Uh, right now, they they feel like they're on schedule for for what they had planned. Um, I still think they they've got to get some of the bigger deals done. Uh, in order to, to get that. But uh, one thing of note that I did uh, did read uh, today that the ACC network with its existing footprint and known deals already has more subscribers available uh, for that network than the Pac-12 network has uh, on it. So uh, that's some good news. And the launch of the ACCN set for August 22nd. Is that a week to the day from Georgia Tech Clemson? Uh, it is. Um, that is a Thursday. They will... Um, uh, and then the Georgia Tech Clemson game will be uh, kicking that thing off on uh, on the following Thursday night. All right. Well, 
college football fans excited about this new option long time coming and what's been crazy of course the sec network has been based in charlotte north carolina all these years and now they're going to have a brother down the hall as the acc network and the sec network will share the same building in charlotte but it'll be a great opportunity for acc fans everywhere to find out what's going on with the arguably 14 sometimes 15 member institutions of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Anything else Swafford said at the mic this week at the ACC Media Days that we need to take notes on? Well, probably not a, a lot of huge things. He refused to comment. Uh, NC State, of course, had uh, some allegations regarding basketball um, kind of come up around Dennis Smith and some things uh, in typical fa- Swafford fashion. He did not make any comments on that. Um, and then he also gave us a pretty significant uh highlight reel on all the things the ACC accomplished, which were, you know, pretty substantial, uh, you know, considering uh, all the things that, that, that went on with, you know, Virginia won a national championship, other other teams winning in other sports. So a uh, really successful year, and, and he was not uh, hesitant to, uh, to highlight that. Jonathan, do we know the payout that ACC member institutions got for this past school year? Do you know that rough number? No, uh, usually it's a year delay before we'll see that, so we won't know what this year's payout is. Um, it it's always kind of amuses me that um, a lot of folks will like to compare the payouts across various teams, but across various conferences. For some reason, some conferences are able to get that number out the year it happens. The ACC, for whatever reason, typically delays that a year, so we won't know that probably until sometime next year as to what the conference paid out this past year. Well, the ACC Media Days is ongoing in Charlotte, and they broke this thing up this year on two days. The Atlantic Division was spotlighted on day one, and the Coastal Division gets the spotlight today. We'll have feedback from the Coastal Division coaches on our Friday Y'all Show. But here on this day's episode of the Y'all Show, we're going to listen to a few of the Atlantic Division coaches. We're going to hear in a little bit from the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, Willie Taggart, probably the most embattled coach in the conference right now. And we'll hear what he had to say at the mic in Charlotte. Also, a newcomer to the ACC, as the Louisville Cardinals have brought on from Appalachian State, Scott Satterfield. And we'll hear from the UofL coach, following the interview that we're going to hear from Willie Taggart at the mic. And that's going to come up in the next segment. But, Jonathan, when you have the Atlantic Division in the spotlight on day one, everybody wants to hear about those Clemson Tigers, your defending national champions. They didn't disappoint. They brought on John Simpkins in a wig. I don't know if you saw the photos of that. But uh, the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, not able to make it to Charlotte because he's still an underclassman. And so this lineman, I think, for Clemson decided to have some fun and put on a blonde wig, which kind of looks a little weird when you're a black guy. But, uh, yeah, he wore that there at the Charlotte event and brought a lot of laughs. And, hey, when you're the national champion, you can do just about anything, right? Yeah, you know, they've got it going on and they're, uh, you know, Hey, uh, if there's one thing uh, that, that Dabo seems to do a good job of is it's letting his players have fun, let themselves be them, be them, let them be themselves, and uh, so that was a pretty good indicator of you know uh, another indicator of how he runs that program and 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 why the why kids are clamoring to get there. Well, again, we'll hear from Taggart and Satterfield in just a moment, Jonathan. I'm going to let people hear a little bit of Dabo in case I don't get to this portion of his presser that he had, what were the highlights that you took out of what Dabo said at ACC Media Days Day 1? 
Um, you know, from, from what he said, I think, uh, you know, the big thing for men is, is I think he's done a good job of, of getting his team to believe in the concept of starting over. Uh, and that is the last season ends, you put it in the books and you still have to do the work for this coming season, just like, uh, like you did the previous season. So it seems like they've done a good job of that, obviously with the success they've had, uh, they haven't seemed to have rested on their laurels and, and, you know, kind of let things go. So from that standpoint, I think that was a really, uh, a really big, uh, big thing that I, that I kind of took out of what he had to say. Well, here is Dabo, Dabo Sweeney, head coach of the Clemson Tigers, your defending national champions as he gets ready to start his 11th season as head coach of the Clemson Tigers. That starts, uh, with, with, with the process that we go through tomorrow, starting with our staff and, um, and making sure that everybody's on the same page. So again, we'll have five days, uh, from about 8.30 to 5 o'clock, uh, you know, no phones, we don't leave, um, and, and when we walk out of there, we're ready for the year, and so it starts with, with the people involved. Uh, I mean, I've got, I think it's, I think I got 19 former players on my staff uh, in different roles, so it's very connected, you know, it's, a, it's very relationship-driven. Uh, i got relationships with, I mean, you can look at my staff, I mean, you know, Woody McCorvey was my coach. Uh, Lemansky Hall, Thad Turnipseed, Mickey Kahn, I played with them. Danny, I coached with him. He was one of my one of my coaches when I was playing. Um, you know, uh, Tony, I coached Jeff. Tony was a GA for me. Uh, you, you know, it just, just kind of keeps going on and on and on. And and uh, and so I work with a group of people that I love, and we have great relationships. And and so. Uh, Clemson's a special place. It's a, there's a quality of life and a simplicity of life in Clemson that's really special. That's just kind of a natural resource that you really don't understand until you have lived it. Uh, and uh, I think that's part of it. You know, when this is your profession, and I think our staff, they, and especially the staff that have been other places, they realize, you know, how unique it is to be able to live in a place like Clemson, and then. You know, have this unbelievable stage to do what you love to do. You know, on the weekends, and then they all leave. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's just a, it's just an awesome place. A bunch of good people. We have a great administration. Uh, there's a, there's a great chain of command and alignment. Uh, you know, with our, our board and our president and our AD. You know, we're just all on the same page, and we like each other. Uh, and so, uh, we've built our culture uh, through loving our players. Uh, you know, graduating our players, equipping them with the tools that they need to go be successful in life, making sure that they have a good experience uh, and that they win, you know, but in that order. And so uh, we've kept the main thing the main thing. We haven't changed anything since 2009 when I got the job. It's the same thing, same, same deal. Uh, it's just, you know, it, we, we stayed the course. Uh, we stayed committed to the vision of the program even when sometimes it didn't make sense to other people or other people wanted us to do this or do that, you know, we stayed the course. And uh, I think, uh, you know, God has blessed us uh, with an amazing uh, journey, a, group of, a great group of people, a group of young men that have chosen to come in and buy in and believe. Because I can, I can be the greatest coach in the world, and, but if the players don't buy in and, and don't believe, it's not going to work. 
and so uh, we've had a bunch of selfless players and staff that have bought into the philosophy of the program and how we do things, and uh, it's been uh, it's been a great journey. But you know, we're just we're just getting going. We're just getting going. It's been a it's been a fun fun time. I can't believe it's I've had 10 years already under my belt. It's be my 11th full time year, but it'll be my 17th at Clemson, and uh, so. Uh, Love what I do, who I do it with, where I do it, and I'm excited about this challenge and this journey and, and the story that this team is going to write uh, as they go through the, uh, the season. From ACC Media Days, day one, that was Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of the national champion Clemson Tigers here on the Y'all Show. We have more coverage of the ACC Media Days after the break. Stay tuned. We're going to hear from the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, Willie Taggart, plus a newcomer in the conference, the Louisville Cardinals head man, Scott Satterfield. Plus, we'll get Jonathan Lifehite's take on other coaches and what they had to say at the mic in Charlotte. And a reminder, SEC fans, we're going to have in hour two of today's Y'all Show audio from Nick Saban, Joe Moorhead of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Chad Morris of the Arkansas Razorbacks, and Will Must champ of the South Carolina Gamecocks. So we've got SEC Media Days coming in hour two, but we'll have more of ACC Media Days after the break. Stay with us. Welcome to Sherwin-Williams. Hi there. I heard paints are 40% off. Yep, and stains too. Right here. Mm Mm-hmm. Only at your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Right now. Well, July 19th through the 22nd. Right on. Right? Ask Sherwin-Williams, July 19th through 22nd, and save 40% on paints and stains with sale prices starting at $2,309. Only at your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Sub-exclusions apply. See store for details. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We are back for the final segment of this first hour of today's Y'all Show. It's Media Days Madness across the Southeast right now. If you're a lover of college football, you've been waiting for this week to come for quite some time, and it's here. 
and we're having a ball here letting you hear from some of the coaches of both the ACC. In an hour or two, we've got more of the fun coming from Hoover, Alabama, with a couple of coaches like Nick Saban lined up in hour two. But our ACC spotlight rolls on, and now the Y'all Show, we're going to turn our attention to Tallahassee. Willie Taggart's getting ready to enter his second season at the helm in Tallahassee, coaching the Florida State Seminoles. Last year was a rough year for Willie Taggart. And Jonathan Lifehite, 247sports.com, is joining me. John Rawl here on our ACC Spotlight. And I don't know if you heard Jimbo Fisher this week at the SEC Media Days, but there was a recent article that came out that kind of threw Jimbo under the bus for the way the Florida State program was after he left for uh, I guess you would call it maroon pastures in Aggie land. And he had a little comment about that to the SEC pundits. Jonathan, I don't know if you saw that article, if you know what he talked about, but Jimbo, I thought whether you like him or you hate him, he did the right thing. And he kind of just said, look, I, that was in the past. I'm very proud of my time at Florida State. I wish him nothing that, that, but the best in Tallahassee. And Willie Taggart, it sounded like some of the members of his staff, maybe Taggart himself, kind of said some bad things about the Jimbo era. Yeah, well, I believe there was actually one of the uh, athletic directors came out and felt like uh, that he uh, had given up a little bit. And uh, uh, I'm not sure if it was the head athletic director or an associate, but uh, definitely some folks uh, associated with the Florida State program or formerly with the Florida State program really kind of came out and made some comments about how they they felt that, that he didn't live up to what he was supposed to be doing. And, you know, good on Jimbo for, for kind of just uh, let, letting it go. But on the other hand, uh, he neither confirmed nor denied it. So, um, <laughs> you know, in, in some respects, I kind of I kind of get what was going on there. And, and, you know, they're trying to cover for their guy. And there's probably actually some truth to it as well, based on, on what I've seen, you know, at Florida State. It really looked, his last year, he looked like he was disinterested in being at Florida State and had already started thinking about moving on. So, uh, probably some truth to it, maybe not as uh, much as uh, some of the folks uh, are portraying. I think they're just trying to protect their guy. Well, in this era of college football and social media as well, Jonathan, it is amazing how much a program can completely flip in a matter of really sometimes less than a season. This is a guy that had just won a national championship just a few years prior. Florida State consistently, as he reminded people in Hoover this week, was a top 10 program most years as he was coach at Florida State. And then that year where they had the quarterback get injured in the first game of the year in Atlanta against Alabama, that year kind of spun out of control and boom, everybody was coming after him. Yeah, they were, and you know, a lot of it also was the the play of their offensive line was had really declined and and, and had not played well. Um, and then, you know, if you believe some of the things that uh, uh, I mentioned, uh, one of the athletic uh, director folks mentioned, there was some off the field stuff going on as well. Uh, so, but you're right. All it really takes is uh, have a little adversity, and you will find yourself right in the crosshairs in a big hurry. Well, Willie Taggart's felt that in his first year. I don't know if year two is going to be any better for the former head coach of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and South Florida and Oregon Ducks for one season. But now he's at Tallahassee at Doe Campbell leading the Knowles, and he was at the mic this week. He's ready to try to improve what the Knowles did in 2018. Here is your head coach of the Florida State Seminoles at this week's ACC Media Day. Uh, we put that behind us a long time ago. Long time we talk about it when we be asked about it, but uh, we put it behind us, and it's 2019. I don't think it's fair to our 2019 team to continue to talk about 18's team. 
You know, uh, we put that behind us. We learned, we learned from our mistakes, the things that caused us to be the way that we were, and, and we've been working on it diligently um, since then to make sure we correct those things and, and don't do the same things that we, we've done before. So um, again, 18 is behind us. That's part of our history, and we're going to keep it there and um, continue to focus on 19. The change to a 3-4, what are you hoping that's going to correct that, that didn't work out for you guys last season, and how did that sort of implementation go over the, spring? The who? The change with who? To the 3-4 defense that you guys are seeming to implement. What are you hoping that's going to correct that didn't go right defensively last year? Well, um, I don't think we're changing a lot from what we did last year where we uh, worked on some things in the spring and, and seeing what was good for our team and how we can continue to get better and, uh, and how we can continue to put our players in the best position to, to make plays. And I think going through the ACC um, this year and understanding our conference better, we're, we're just finding ways to put our players in the best position uh, to be successful on the defense side of the ball. Um, I think you're still going to see our guys um, plan a, a, a even front, you know, and, um, and I think you'll see Coach Barnett um, continue to, to find different ways to put pressure on the quarterback. FSU head football coach Willie Taggart at Media Days Day 1 of the ACC, and he is entering his second year this year. Hey, we have a newcomer in the ACC. It's Scott Satterfield, and he's the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals. He's not the only newcomer in the conference this year, but he was a newcomer at the mic on day one, and he comes to Louisville from the Appalachian State Mountaineers, where he kind of had taken over the reins many years ago from Jerry Moore, who helped guide the Nears to a couple of national championship on the FCS level, and now We'll find out if Satterfield Ball plays well in the ACC. Jonathan, we're going to hear from the coach, but your thoughts on how he performed on the ACC opportunity, the big stage that he was given, and is Louisville, is it, are they going to be improved here this year? Well, I probably will. I think he's a solid coach. Uh, um, really did a great job at, uh, at Appalachian State, as you mentioned, took over from Jerry Moore, and then guided them through the transition from FCS to FBS, uh, and, you know, from the Southern Conference to the Sun Belt, um, did a really solid job there. Really, they, they experienced virtually no drop-off in performance despite stepping up a notch uh, in competition. So, you know, that's a real testament to, to, to what he's done. Um, it will be interesting. He has spent almost his entire, uh, well, his entire coaching career at, uh, at Appalachian State, and now suddenly he'll be in a completely different surroundings um, so, you know, it'll kind of see, you know, what, what he does with that. But I thought he, you know, he quitted himself well, did a, did a good job, uh, you know, up there on the stage, uh, as you would expect a, a head coach to do. Well, here is Coach Satterfield again of the L at his first ACC Media Days. Let's find out what he said. You know, we have what we have. And, you know, tight end-wise, you know, we came in here, we really didn't have any. And so we're kind of building that in from scratch. Um, offensive line, I feel like we'll put a good product to first, to first unit. we got to build some depth. We don't have much depth there. Really excited about our running back room and our receiving room. I, I think those two spots there that we can win and compete in the ACC with what we have there. Um, we got to get great, consistent play out of the quarterback. You know, we got to take care of the football there. We got enough weapons to where they just got to play within themselves and distribute the ball. I think I think they'll be able to do that. And then you know, defensively, um, it remains to be seen. You know, we're, we're putting a new defense in. Um, I think the guys have done a good job. You know, really getting that defense, uh, understanding the ins and outs of it, 
and now it's just about execution. You know, the thing that you can't do, and, and particularly in this league, because there's so many great players, you can't give up the big plays. You know, there's some teams in this league, they can score fast. And, and now you... Yeah, they did, that's right, yeah. And they all scored a lot of points last year. And, you know, you, you look on the scoreboard, next thing you know, and you're, you're, you're they've already put 28 points, and you know, it's like, holy crap, what happened? You know, so you can't give up the big play. we got to make teams try to drive the ball. Because we, we know when that happens, and they'll screw up somewhere along the way, and if you can hold them a field goal. So, um, you know, we're going to have to adjust, I'm sure, as we go through the season. But, um, you know, that remains to be seen, you know, what we need to do defensively or how we'll be. I think we'll obviously be better. How do you balance being a new coach and everyone's excited to see Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, even at App State, you know, we were really, really good. And I, and I always, I never talk about, you know, how many wins or this or that. I just want to put a good product on the field. I want to be consistent. If we can do that, a lot of stuff takes care of itself. And so, I never know how good we're going to be. You know, it's all relative. You know, as we look at this league, there's so many great teams in this league. Like, you know, not even this league. We got to play Notre Dame and Kentucky on the, you know, non-conference. I mean, they're unbelievable. So, um, you know, we. Who knows how we'll be? I, I, here's how we're going to measure success to me. Um, and I think fans probably should, should know this as well, but it, is if, if our kids go out and they play as hard as they can play to a high level, you know, probably try to play mistake-free football as much as they can, then we'll be successful. Now, will we win all our games? Probably not. But we'll put a product on the field and we'll head in the right direction to where we will start winning a lot of games. And it, and it starts with that foundation. So to me, I'm going to view that as a success. Um, sometimes everybody wants to look at wins and losses as, as the success, you know, that determines success. That's not always the case. And, you know, it comes down to are you, are you headed in the right direction? Are you doing the little things right? That's what we're striving to do right now. Um, you know, we'll see what that translates into the season. Scott Satterfield, head coach of the Louisville Cardinals at ACC Media Days Day 1 when the Atlantic Division was in the spotlight. Other coaches at the mic on day one included Steve Adazio of Boston College, Dave Doran of the NC State Wolfpack, Dino Babers of Syracuse, and Dave Clawson of the Wake Forest Demon Deeks. And we already heard earlier this hour from Dabo Sweeney, as well as Willie Taggart of FSU. Jonathan, any of those coaches that I just rattled off that we need to know anything that they said at Media Days? Uh, you know, as I mentioned, a lot of them have gotten where it's just the, the pretty generic coach speak. Um, uh, it was interesting uh, hearing Dave Doran. He has obviously has replaced a couple of coordinators. Um, yeah, his uh, his uh, Drinkowitz was his uh, offensive coordinator, took off to replace Satterfield at App State. Um, so, you know, he's had some success. Now he'll have some uh, uh, new coaches to go, uh, to go with it. Um, Dino Babers has obviously been uh, – kind of one of the more successful coaches in the last couple of years. Um, he's been a little bit of a thorn in Clemson's side and and uh, kind of was proud of that uh, fact given their their success. Um, so I, he, I thought, uh, you know, and he also brought his quarterback, Tommy DeVito, uh, who takes over for Eric Dungy. So uh, hearing from them was, uh, was pretty good. All right. Well, that is day one of the media days for the ACC. And today in Charlotte, it's the Coastal Division on stage. You've got head coach of the Duke Blue Devils, David Cutcliffe, which they begin the season in Atlanta against Alabama. Chick-fil-A kickoff classic in the first weekend of college football. Also on the dais today is Manny Diaz of the Miami Hurricanes. Pitt, the 
everlasting Pat Narduzzi. I don't know how that guy's been able to hold on to his job, but he has. Congratulations, Coach. He will be there in Charlotte as well as Virginia Tech head coach Justin Fuente, the new old coach at UNC, Mac Brown, the new coach in Atlanta, Jeff Collins of Georgia Tech, and Bronco Mendenhall of the Virginia Cavaliers. And we'll hear from some of those coaches on our Friday edition of the Y'all Show when we continue to cover the ACC media days jonathan thank you for the great knowledge and we appreciate you taking a little time away from all the fun in charlotte to talk to us here on the y'all show you betcha it's been a been a fun up here and glad to share it with everyone all right well again we'll remind you that in hour two we'll have more from the sec media days nick saban at the mic plus joe moorhead chad morris and will muschamp after the break though we're going to take a break from sports and tell you about some of the hot new books that you might want to check out we've got some of the new york times bestsellers and more jonathan i know you're up for a good book these days eh what can i send you <laughs> Uh, you can send me whatever you want. All right. Something that won't put you to sleep. Hey, don't go to sleep. We got football just about to start here in about a month. This is the Y'all Show, and we will be right back after the break. Thanks for listening. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Another hour of the show that's all about the South continues. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. 803-816-1170 is the magic way for you to text us. If you've got a question or comment, any criticism, we'll hear it all, y'all. 803 803- 
816-816-1170. Later this hour, we'll get back to the Media Days Madness. We just heard in the in the first hour all the fun coming from the ACC event in Charlotte. And later this hour, we're going to go back to Hoover, Alabama for more coverage of the SEC Media Days. We've got day two to talk about, and we'll hear from the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban at the mic in Hoover. Plus, we'll hear from Mississippi State football coach Joe Moorhead as the dogs enter their second year with this coach on charge or in the charge of the dogs of Stark Vegas. Also, in hour two, we've got coach audio coming from Chad Morris of the Arkansas Razorbacks. And the Gamecocks head coach, Will Muschamp, was at the mic in Hoover and he had a fun time answering questions, even questions about huh, huh, Nick Saban, his old boss. You can't escape Nick Saban. By the way, Nick Saban has never lost to one of his assistant coaches. I think he's 16-0. and 0. Will Muschamp wants to change that, especially in September when the Ramajama Roll Tide rolls into Williams-Brice Stadium, which the last time Bama was there, 2010, they took a big old L to the Steve Spurrier fighting Gamecocks. So we'll have all that coming up later this hour in our SEC Media Days Roundup. But right now, we're going to take a little bit of break from college football. It's by the book as we begin this second hour of today's Y'all Show. We've got books to talk about, and there's more than football going on. And football going to get even hotter here as we get closer to Labor Day. But in case you aren't into football these days, or you maybe never were into football, we're going to let all our fans of books know some of the hot reads out there. And thanks to Amazon.com, we've got the Amazon Charts Top 20 Most Sold and Most Read Books of the Week to relay to you. Now, some of these kind of repeat. It depends on what type of book they are, or they may come in a different format. But I'm just going to read off what, what they say here, okay? At number one on the Amazon chart of the top-selling books of the week, it's Delia Owens and her debut, Where the Crawdads Sing. And now this has been on the chart for 43 weeks. A huge success for this Southerner and the publisher of this, G.P. Putnam. They are <laughs> thrilled with Delia Owens' debut out. Again, number one. On the Amazon chart. Now, coming in at two and three are a couple of J.K. Rowling books. At number two is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Number three, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Back-to-back Harry Potter books. In fact, it comes in at number four, too. Another Harry Potter book. The Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire from J.K. Rowling. She has really created a massive success story there in her work there. The sci-fi fiction, whatever you want to call it. From J.K. Rowling, the British author. George R.R. Martin has A Game of Thrones. That checks in at number five on the Amazon list. Rowling's back with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows at number six. Elizabeth Gilbert's City of Girls. It's only been on the chart for about five weeks, but it checks in at number seven on the Amazon list of books. A fairly new book that's out from Ellen Hildebrand. Summer of 69. Little Brown and Company publishes that has to do with the 1969 fun and Woodstock and more. Perfect. Hey, we're almost to that 50th anniversary of Woodstock here this summer. And Summer of 69, Ellen Hildebrand out right now and moving up on the Amazon chart. J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince is at number nine. Nora Roberts' Undercurrents is at number 10 on the Amazon list. A New York Times bestselling author, Nora Roberts' Undercurrents. Currents. 
At number 11, rolling his back, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. At number 12 is A Clash of Kings by George R.R. R. Martin. 31 weeks on the Amazon bestseller chart. I'd like to be a fly on J.K. Rowling's wall because she's also at number 13 with Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> what You Did by Claire McGowan is fairly new. It's only been on the chart for two weeks, and it checks in at number 14 on Amazon's bestsellers list. Alex McKelvey's The Silent Patient. It's been on the chart for 21 weeks, and it comes in this week at number 15. Jennifer Weiner's Mrs. Everything is out, and it is at number 16 on the bestseller of Amazon. A Storm of Swords from George R.R. R. Martin is at number 17 on the Amazon list. Backlash by Brad Thor is at 18. Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale. I think we all know that from, I think it's Netflix that has the series. It is at number 19 on Amazon's bestsellers list. And at number 20 on the top 20 of Amazon is Thin Air by Lisa Gray. And it's been out for five weeks and it checks in at number 20. Again, those are from the world of Amazon. What about the New York Times bestseller list? Now, some of these books on their list some of the same, some a little different. Checking in at number one on the combined book and ebook edition of books from the New York Times is Delia Owens, where she's got the number one book in Where the Crawdads Sang. Ellen Helderbrand's Summer of 69 checks in at number two on the NYT list. But John Grisham is on this list at number three. The Reckoning, a decorated World War II veteran, shoots and kills a pastor inside a Mississippi church. That book at number three on the NYT list. And then Linda Holmes's E.B. Drake Starts Over. That is a book out at number four, a seaside town in Maine, where a former major league pitcher and a grieving widow assess their past. Good reading there, perhaps. And then at number five, it's Brad Thor's Backlash, cut off from any support. Scott Harvath fights to get his revenge. This has something to do with the Cold War Backlash from Brad Thor. Again, this is the New York Times combined print and ebook fiction offerings. On the combined print and ebook nonfiction offerings from the New York Times, Tara Westover is at number one. She's been on the New York Times bestsellers list for more than a year and a half, I think. At 72 weeks, it's educated. The daughter of survivalists who was kept out of school educates herself enough to leave home for university. Tara Westover in this nonfiction book, Educated. The Pioneers from historian David McCullough. He is a Pulitzer Prize winning historian. And in this book, he tells the story of the settling of the Northwest Territory through five main characters, the Pioneers from McCullough. It's at number two on the New York Times nonfiction combined print and ebook nonfiction category. Mark Levin's Unfreedom of the Press is at number three this week as the conservative commentator and radio host makes his case that the press is a line with political ideology. Oh, you think? <laughs> the great one, Unfreedom of the Press. It's at number three. Michelle Obama, her book has been on the bestseller list for more than half a year now, Becoming, as the for former first lady describes her journey from the south side of Chicago to the White House and how she balanced work, family, and her husband's political ascent. Becoming, Michelle Obama, a huge success and she's at number four on the New York Times list. And at number five, the South African Trevor Noah and his book, Born a Crime, a memoir about growing up biracial in apartheid South Africa. 
by the host of The Daily Show, that at number five on the NYT bestsellers. If you're looking at the hardcover fiction list, most of those books are the same. There is one difference there at number five on that list. Elizabeth Gilbert's City of Girls checks in on that particular listing. And on hardcover nonfiction, most of those books the same as the other category. However, John Meacham and Tim McGraw, they have a book called Songs of America. It's been out for a month. And yeah, Tim McGraw, the country music superstar, he has written a New York Times bestselling book along with John Meacham, who's worked on a number of projects and the Pulitzer Prize winner Meacham and the Grammy Award winner McGraw, exploring how America was shaped by music. They've got a lot of good stuff about Elvis and Johnny Cash and more. Songs of America out right now. Paperback trade fiction from the New York Times, Before We Were Yours, by Lisa Wingate, a South Carolina lawyer, learns about the questionable practice of a Tennessee orphanage, Before We Were Yours. Again, number one on the paperback trade fiction category, from the New York Times. Heather Morris has a book, The Tattooist of Auschwitz, a concentration camp detainee tasked with permanently marking fellow prisoners, falls in love with one of them. Man, that sounds like a good read there. Celeste Niggs and Little Fires Everywhere, an artist with a mysterious past and a disregard for the status quo, upends a quiet town outside of Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Little Fires Everywhere. John Grisham's The Reckoning, it checks in at number four on this paperback category. We're already kind of let you know about this book. And finally, on the paperback trade fiction from the New York Times, it's A.J. Finn's The Woman in the Window, a recluse who drinks heavily and takes prescription drugs, may have witnessed a crime across from her Harlem townhouse. That book out right now. And those are just some of the many books the New York Times has. If you want to go check out the bestsellers from the NYT, go to nytimes.com and find the book section and you too can see and read and learn more about all these books and then of course we encourage you to go to your local bookstore and pick up any of these books or any of the other regional titles available we love our south we love our authors i'm just telling you what nationwide some of the best sellers from amazon and the new york times are the reason we have our buy the book feature here on the y'all show well we're going to turn the page pardon the pun from books to the Southeastern Conference. When we come back after the break, it's the SEC Media Days in Hoover, Alabama, and we'll start it off with some audio from Nick Saban of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll find out what the coach is going to do this year, rebounding from a tough loss in the national championship game to the Clemson Tigers. Coach Saban, as well as Joe Moorhead of Mississippi State, their audio is up next on Y'all. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. 
Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. I think the energy is out of the building at the Winfrey Hotel outside of Birmingham as it's SEC Media Days this week there. And on day three, Nick Saban, head coach of the nearby Alabama Crimson Tide, made his way to the Winfrey. And if you've ever been there, as I have on many occasions for SEC Media Days, when Alabama Day is there, you have some of the most crazed Alabama fans line up the corridor into the mall there at Hoover. And it is just... It's really quite humorous, to be honest with you, and in some cases a little disturbing. But Nick Saban survived that for, once again, I think it's probably his 15th media days and maybe even closer to 20 since he was at LSU before he was at Tuscaloosa. But a fun day for Alabama fans and a fun day for the media to hear this guy who's won a bunch of national championships, although not the defending champ as Clemson has that honor right now but nick saban was at the mic and he was his usual self and as we continue our coverage of the sec media days let's hear from the head coach of the alabama crimson tide nick saban you're the leader of this program so we've got to know how's your hip are you 100 percent right now um you know i don't want to admit to being 100 percent. then that would affect how many shots i get over the next three or four days which is the end of golf season um <laughs> I actually have to produce a, a doctor's excuse not to hit out of a sand trap the guys that I play against. And uh, I've really been trying to make a good game on the first tee, so I don't want to say that I'm really 100%, but I really am. Front row, Coach. Hey, Nick. David Kloniger with the Charleston Post and Courier. You get South Carolina back on the schedule for the first time in nine years this season. What do you remember from that 2010 game? Is there one player moment that stands out above the rest? Well, I remember a lot. You know, we got the lining kicked out of our britches, you know, in the game uh, over there. And, um, you know, we had won, I think, 19 games in a row going into that game. And um, they they really took advantage of um, and played a great game against us and took advantage of a lot of situations and exposed us in a lot of different ways. And uh, we have a lot of respect for Will and what he's done uh, at South Carolina, the team they have. And... Um, that's always a challenging place to play, and um, that's going to be a difficult game for us, and you know, our players need to be ready to go. Coach, to your left on the second row. Clint Schweitzer, Great American Sports Network in Kansas City. Uh, Coach, you're in your 13th year here at Alabama, 18th in the SEC. The slogan for this league is it just means more. Uh, you've been around a long time in this league. What, what does it mean to you? The slogan is it just means more, or I didn't get that. What is this? What, what, being in this league for 18 years, slogan is it just means more. What, what does this mean to you coaching in this, in this league? Well, I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, this is a great league. 
the competition, the competitive venues, the fan interest, the passion that uh, so many people have in so many programs. Um, you know, I've coached in several different leagues, including the NFL, uh, the Big Ten, and um, I just think the in interest and the passion here makes it special to be, you know, a part of this. And then we have a lot of good football players, a lot of good football coaches, a lot of good programs in this league uh, that make it very, very challenging um, each and every year. And um, I, I just, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of it. Uh, and it's been a wonderful experience, and hopefully the players that uh, have been a part of our program have a better chance to be successful in life because of it, and um, their experience as competitors are going to help them, you know, have a better chance to be successful. Coach, to your right on the second row. Hey, Coach. Rachel Barbeau, SiriusXM. How are you doing this morning? Doing good. I'm right here. Um, two questions for you. The first one is, I, having, having uh, covered you for many years, I know that um, you are very motivated by a loss and a win. I'm curious, after the national championship game, did you change any of your process, anything that you do, anything with practice, any way that you coach? Um, because you've been known to burn the midnight oil uh, in your career and being willing to pivot when you see something that needs to be changed. Well, I, I think that we're constantly evolving as a program. We're constantly making little changes and things to, you know, try to help us get better, whether it's overall program, offense, defense, special teams, um, any part of the program, personal development, academic support, whatever it is. We're always looking for a better way. Uh, but I think that um, we, we didn't do the things that we feel are very important to the program very well toward the end of the season last year. Now, I don't think we played with the kind of discipline that we want to play with as an organization and as a team. Uh, I don't think we had, um, we didn't have the, uh, a, a culture of accountability, uh, you know, with our team in the last, at the end of the season. Uh, I think putting the team first is always really, really important. And um, these are the kind of things that I think we need to improve on uh, if we're going to be able to improve as a team and continue to develop and have success. And I think, you know, you have to be able to live with success. You have to understand that success is not a continuum. It's momentary. Uh, and if you don't continue to do the same things that you've always done, uh, you're, you're, not, you're not going to be successful. And I think sometimes players get complacent, take for granted that just because we played well in the past, we're going to continue to play well in the future. And then you create bad habits and the way you prepare, and then you get exposed by somebody that you play that is really, really good. So I don't think it was what we were doing so much as how were we doing it? How did we execute? What did we do? Um, and, you know, that's something that we need to improve on, but we're also constantly trying to evolve as an organization. Alabama head football coach Nick Saban at SEC Media Days 2019. And a reminder, the Crimson Tide begins the 2019 season in Atlanta this year, facing off against the Duke Blue Devils and Alabama alumnus David Cutcliffe at the helm there in Durham. And that was part of the Chick-fil-A kickoff there in Atlanta Labor Day weekend Alabama trying to get back to the mountaintop as last year they were perfect until that final game and they got just absolutely blitzed by the Clemson Tigers and the Natty 
and Alabama fans not too happy about that. Nick Saban not too happy about that. But Tua, his quarterback at the SEC Media Days on Wednesday, kind of said that that was a, a learning experience. They're going to take what happened in 2018 and build on it here in 2019. We'll, we'll find out, Tua Takabiola, if indeed what you say is going to pan out. But Alabama Day in the books there at SEC media days well alabama's friend from about an hour away in starkville mississippi also made the trip through tuscaloosa to hoover for sec media days and joe moorhead is the skipper of the mississippi state bulldogs and he enters his second season in starkville this year last year was a a fairly successful year in mississippi state world they won the egg bowl they went to a bowl things were pretty good for mississippi state fans after dan mullen took off in the middle of the night to florida and Moorhead comes in and takes this program with Nick Fitzgerald at quarterback to a pretty good season in 2018. But now Fitzgerald is out. He's got to do some replacement there on Starkville, on Davis Wade Stadium's hallowed turf. And let's hear how Joe Moorhead is going to do that, do his healing of the Mississippi State football team and the Mississippi State faithful there in Octibahal County. Here is Coach Moorhead at SEC Media Days, a portion of his press conference. You know, I think when you look at last year's uh, uh, record for us, for home and on the road, we, we were six six and one at home and had a, had a one touchdown loss to Florida, and uh, you know, obviously the the opposite ended out on the road. So I, I think uh, you know it's something that we're going to have to obviously do a better job of and. Uh, you know, kind of rally the troops and get to doing what we're doing. But playing on the road is something in year two that we're obviously going to have to do better. Coach, to your right by the camera. Hey, Coach. McKinsey I'm McKinsey. Salmon, Ledger. With so many young, talented faces coming in this season, have you seen any of the older players, one in specific, taking on that leadership role? Um, I, I think our two captains have done a really nice job, uh, Arrow and Daryl. Uh, you know, Farad is a guy that guys look up to who's played a lot of football for us. You know, Willie Gage has done a really good job with leadership. And um, kind of as we talked about a little bit in there, it's it's. I'm seeing a unique um, blend of leadership and receptiveness to leadership, and, and I think that's a common trait on successful football teams where guys aren't worried about themselves. And, and and I know in this day and age, with young kids and kind of being called out in front of your peers, that's not always the best thing. But I think from our off-season workouts and what we've been hearing from Coach Corey is. If a guy's not touching a line, if a guy's not giving great effort and not doing the things that we think are necessary from a, an intangible standpoint, that it's not, hey, worry about you. I've got this covered. It's, hey, you know what? They're right. And when the, the culture takes over, and it's not the coaches correcting the players, but the players doing it, it becomes self-perpetuating. And, and I think year two at the places I've been, you, you kind of see that. And, and the more that it becomes the players leading rather than the coaches and the players being receptive to that leadership, I think the better we'll be. Coach, over here to your left, the camera bank. Hey, Coach, Jacques Doucet, WAFB-TV in Baton Rouge. Is the stress of the SEC causing you to lose weight? You look a little thinner than the last time we saw nah, you. Two, two things. Uh, one, I was, like I said, tired of the recruits asking if I played right or left tackle when I played quarterback. <laughs> and uh, really, it comes down to just old school. I'm the youngest of three. My, my mom, God bless her soul, but the next thing I do wrong will be the first thing I do wrong in her eyes. So they came down to the Outback Bowl. Uh, we got back home. And uh, I had been up to about 295 at that point. And when mom says, honey, do you think maybe you should start watching what you eat a little bit and a little bit worried about your health? That's when it was time to take a good hard look in the mirror and start cutting some calories. So I, I thank my mom for that because uh, I'm down about 55 now. So feel, feeling a lot better. 
You might be the first person to move to the South and lose weight. No, it didn't, well, it didn't happen that way. I got introduced uh, last year to, you know, gas station chicken and, you know, everything and bacon, and we kind of went over that. But uh, that got me from 250 to 295. Now I'm back on the other end of that yo-yo. Second row in the end, please. Hey, Joe, Matt Baker with the Tampa Bay Times. Hey, Matt. Um, another transfer portal question, but has the portal and making it easier to transfer in the college level, has that affected at all how you recruit uh, high school players doing any more looking at maybe high school guys who have transferred and that sort of thing? It has not. And, and I think the issue of playing time is going to remain constant and it's not going anywhere. And, and young men who choose to come to your school, they're going to have four to five years uh, to achieve their individual goals, to help you achieve your team goals, and to hopefully have the opportunity to play at the next level. And I think the big thing that we're confident about in our recruiting model is we don't change who we are. It's not a bait and switch that we act one way to the kids you know, during the recruit process and they get here and we're, we're, we're somebody completely different. Now, there's never gonna be 120 guys in your program, 85 on scholarship. You know, they're all not gonna like their amount of playing time. So you know, some of them are gonna wanna explore other opportunities to, to uh, put themselves in the situation that they think is best for them. And you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so I, I think if you stay consistent in your approach throughout the recruiting process, then when you get them on campus, you treat them the same way like you would want someone to treat your son if they went to play for a head coach. I think it minimizes you know, some, of, some of those issues, but it's, it's never going to fix a kid who wants to go play and he's, he's stuck on the depth chart or you know, he's not getting a lot of burn. You know, that, that's, you know, it's made it, you know, uh, uh, I'll say readily, readily available for a guy to explore those options. Joe Mo, Joe Moorhead, the head coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs and their football program at MSU. And that was him at the mic and part of his discussion about his football team at SEC Media Days 2019 in MSU, looking to build on a successful 2018 here in 2019. Well, that is a portion of our SEC Media Days coverage here on the the Y'all Show. We still have more coaches to come. When we come back after the break, we'll hear about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Chad Morris was at the mic in Hoover. Also, Will Muschamp, head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks. He's actually been a part of five SEC schools as a player at Georgia, as an assistant at LSU and at Auburn. And, of course, a head coach at both Florida and now South Carolina. So he knows a lot about the SEC. And Coach Muschamp is going to be joined by Coach Morris of the Arkansas Razorbacks when we come back and wrap up our coverage of the SEC Media Days and we wrap up our Thursday Y'all Show. Yeah, don't want to miss it. Welcome to Sherwin-Williams. Hi there. I heard paints are 40% off. Yep, and stains too. Right here. Mm Mm-hmm. Only at your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Right now. Well, July 19th through the 22nd. Right on. Right? Ask Sherwin-Williams July 19th through 22nd and save 40% on paints and stains with sale prices starting at $23.09. Only at your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Sub-exclusions apply. See store for details. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. 
I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. those hogs well we want you to call us here on the y'all show 803-816-1170 and we want to hear from you whether you want to give us a question or comment or maybe a little criticism we'll take it all we're big boys here at the y'all show i'm john raw we're back for our final segment and you can call those hogs too and especially if you want to call up on chad morris head coach of the arkansas razorbacks the hogs had a rough 2018 they're looking to rebound in 2019 after an over last year. And the Hogs, well, I won't say they have the hardest of schedules to start things off. Their first game of the 2019 season is in Fayetteville against Portland State, an FCS program from all the way out in Oregon, coming into the Ozarks for the home opener on August 31st. And then, well, I guess they have a little bit of a challenge in the second week. They're in Oxford taking on the Mississippi Land Sharks on september 7th so they don't have to wait too long before sec play hits them but chad morris is looking to do a much better job in fayetteville in 2019 he was at the mic as he enters his second year in fayetteville he was at the mic in hoover this week at sec media days day three and let's hear from the coach of the arkansas racerbacks we competed last year and 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 but there was times that we just it just it didn't happen um, we weren't good enough. It just didn't. We didn't. We didn't perform. We made too many mistakes. Whatever that might have been, uh, I anticipate moving forward this year, starting with game one against Portland State, because that's really the game that matters the most right now. But as we travel down to LSU in late late November, um, just the the impact that that game has on recruiting, that 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 game has on our season, um, our guys will be excited and they'll be ready to go. Coach, to your right in the camera bank. Coach, you had some you, some players enroll early in this in this class. How many in this class are you going to be counting on that first Saturday against Portland State? 
We've got 52 freshmen that are either redshirt freshmen, true freshmen, or walk-ons. Uh, another 28 sophomores. So this is a young football team. Um, part of the reason why I brought three seniors that are the leaders of our team is because their importance of them guiding this football program. We got 16 seniors this year. Uh, so we're going to be young and, and we're going to play a lot of freshmen. Uh, how many, what's the exact number, that I don't know. But I do know that uh, the way that our players, or the way that our staff recruited and the caliber of players that we've brought in, in addition to the development of the players already on our roster, I anticipate that uh, these young guys are going to come in and push to, to play and push to, to start. And so it'll be interesting battles at not just the quarterback position, but all positions in fall camp. In the middle of coach, third row. I'm trying to paraphrase Sosa, but he said something to the effect of we've been lying asleep and uh, now it's time to make the bed and get up. It sounds like something you might say. Is that one of, one of yours? Well, you know, our guys have done a tremendous job of uh, – of leading this team from the time we walked off the field um, at Missouri. Um, and so th they set the standard for our program. The way they had come to work every day, the way they approached this summer workouts, the first, second, third, fourth quarter phase of our program, they set the standard. Um, we know what we, we want to demand, and, but at the end of the day, it's, it's them. And, um, as I've shared with them before, there's nothing wrong with, with lying in the weeds and just being uh, uh, passed by and just uh, be ready to strike when you're ready to go. So. Okay, Coach, again, middle section, third row. Coach, you lost three starters, senior starters on the offensive line, but your numbers are a lot better. Can you just talk about the competition there and the overall health? Is the offensive line going to be improved this year? Well, that definitely is an area that we focused in on recruiting. We played the year with eight scholarship offensive linemen. Uh, your number needs to be 15. So we were heavy in recruiting both offensive and defensive lines. Uh, we anticipate taking it in somewhere around 17 into fall camp. Uh, that's going to allow us to have uh, options. Um, but the improvement in our offensive line is, is, is absolutely critical to our success this year. And, and they understand that. Um, when you talk to our offensive linemen and, and the way that they've rallied around each other, I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm very excited about uh, where that group is. And, and, and they understand the importance that they, they play in this, this year's season. Coach, second row, middle. Hey, Coach. You've talked a lot about leadership previously. So I'm just wondering, are there any freshmen that have come in and kind of taken on that leadership position or maybe even some sophomores from last year that kind of said, you know, hey, we got to step up, we've got to fill these positions? You know, there have. There really have. Um, you would expect that when you bring in guys that want to compete to, to play. And what, the, what we've found more than any is the young guys that we have brought in have helped push the older guys. And, and it's made the older guys realize that, hey, you're going to take our lead. Here, here. We feel you. We hear you. But we're all one Razorback. And we've been in this program longer than you have. And it's our time now to leave our legacy. And that's what I've shared with our senior class. You, you've got 121 days from the day we start and report to leave your legacy. What's it going to be? And I think that our freshmen have done a really good job. Trey Knox is a young man that is, has done a good job of coming in and, and, 
and not just leading by by being vocal, but but leading by work ethic. Um, and so you're starting to see a lot of those young guys really step to the forefront and do that. You know, uh, some of these these young guys that have came in in January, more in particular. Final question, Coach. Middle section, third row. Yeah, Coach Van Horn says, I don't know if he told you, but he said he tells coaches that they may think they know the SEC, but until they live a year in it, they really don't know what they're getting into. Did he warn you, and uh, do you feel differently now, second year going through the conference? Well, you're obviously more confident coming into year two uh, just from the experiences and that, you've, that we've gone through as a staff. Uh, we've got a lot of coaches on our, our roster that had gone through the SEC, and uh, I knew it was going to be tough getting in here, but we're going through a year. You realize that it is a line of scrimmage league, and you better have depth in both the offense and defensive lines. And and you also realize that experience plays a valuable role in this league as well um, as you as you develop a program. But uh, I, you know, I, I believe going into year two, it's it's a uh, you know a comfort level from from all is is much is is a lot stronger than it would, and that's just natural. Arkansas head football coach Chad Morris at SEC Media Days talking about his Razorback football program as they look to have a much improved 2019 season. And the heat will be turned up big time on Morris if they don't at least probably get to a winning record this year after such a horrible 2018 season. Well, Will Muschamp, he seems to have a little bit easier time in Columbia, South Carolina, guiding the South Carolina football team. Now, the Gamecocks in 2018 had a average season at best. They got blown out in their bowl game against the Virginia Cavaliers at the Belk Bowl in Charlotte. And it'll be that same stadium, Bank of America Stadium, where the Gamecocks will find themselves in the very next game they play as they have that opening weekend, the North Carolina Tar Heels on their schedule in a neutral site game where the Carolina Panthers call home in downtown Charlotte. And Coach Muschamp was at the mic this week at SEC Media Days talking about facing off against Mac Brown and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Mac Brown, his former employer, as Will Muschamp was kind of the coach in waiting with Mac Brown at the University of Texas some 10, 15 years ago. And Muschamp went on from there to be the head coach of the Florida Gators, then got, got shown the door at the Swamp, and then found his way starting in 2016 with the Gamecocks. He's got a very good quarterback and Jake Bentley entering his last season in Columbia. So although South Carolina is not getting talked about a lot, some people consider them a sleeper. Will they be able to knock off the Georgia Bulldogs early in the season? Will they be able to knock off some of the other contenders? Remember, in 2018, the Kentucky Wildcats technically were kind of the second-place team in the SEC East. The Gamecocks have not knocked off the Cats in more than five years. So they got to first beat UK before they can even think about challenging teams like Georgia or Florida. But Will Muschamp, he's no stranger He's been around this SEC as a player, as an assistant coach, as a head coach for Florida, now at Carolina, and he is excited about the opportunity that is in front of him this year in 2019, and the coach of the Gamecocks was at the mic in Hoover. Let's hear from Will Muschamp. The players are the answer, and at the end of the day, we went into last season with less than 40% of our snaps that returned from 2017, and most of that was up front. It was, it was you know, we lost Dante Sawyer and Taylor Stallworth and Scott Moore, three really good football players. Yurik Jones was a really good player for us as well. And going into last year, and we got exposed in week two. Uh, we had two freshmen backing up inside. Now those guys are a year older, and some of the growing pains that we went through 
uh, last year should be positives for us. I saw a lot of growth with some of those guys this past spring. Uh, to understanding that, you know, at the end of the day, that was the situation we were in. They had to play. They knew that in the recruiting process, and they improved throughout the year. Then, unfortunately, we had some uh, injuries, which contributed to even more young guys playing. Uh, so, again, the growing pains that we went through, I think, can be turned around to be positives for us this year. Coach, to your left at the camera bank. Hey, Coach. How you doing? Jacques Doucet, WAP-TV. how you doing? Good. How about yourself? Great. Um, speaking about... LSU's head coach right now, Ed Ogeron. He's a bit older than you, but do you see any similarities? He's in... a lot older than me. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say they both? And he looks a lot older than me too. <laughs> Go ahead. Have you seen them things they're putting out on Twitter now? I, I saw that today. <laughs> he looks a lot older than me. Steve Ensminger's offensive coordinator looks a lot older than him. <laughs> Did you do that to yourself today to try the app? And, no, uh, I'm, not an, I'm not an app guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard you say the last Star Wars you saw was Empire Strikes Back, too. That's right, right? number two. Yep. <laughs> um, the, uh, well, how am I going to follow this up? Um, just Coach Ogeron, do you, do you see some similarities in yourself and him? Hard-nosed defensive guys, and you know he, he was doubted when he got that job, and it appears he, he's got it stabilized now. No doubt about it. I, I think the world ahead, he's a really good football coach. He's obviously, there's some similarities of the defensive side of the ball. Both guys engage and, and uh, attack recruiting hard. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, uh, you know, I'm happy for him and his success. You look what he, the job he did at Southern Cal on an interim basis. So I thought he did a fantastic job. And um, you know, for whatever reason, they went a different direction. Uh, but he now got another opportunity here at, uh, at LSU, uh, similar to my situation, to have an opportunity at South Carolina. Up in the camera bank in the middle. Um, Rashad Snell, Alabama News Network in Montgomery. Uh, Coach, your in-state rival, Clemson, has become a national powerhouse winning two out the last four national championships. Has South Carolina kind of became like the little brother to Clemson? No, we're not the little brother. That? We're not. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Over here to your left, please. John Whittle, TheBigSpur.com. I, I, I believe your offensive and defensive players had some shirts made for uh, run defense and, and offense. Uh, mm -hmm. What kind of brought those things on? I, I guess y'all didn't meet some of the goals that you wanted to last year. Well, we haven't in three years running the football, uh, you know, as far as what we want to be able to do on average per down. Uh, we haven't met what we need to do running the football-wise. We haven't done as well a job of getting the ball on the, on, the, on the perimeter with our blocking at the receiver position, tight end position, and sometimes running back position. Because I view quick screens and some of the bubbles, that, that's a run game stuff to me. That's not, that's not a pass. Uh, we haven't done as well defensively stopping the run or stopping the perimeter run game. And so we really challenged our players in the all season to understand the deficiencies we've had in, in those areas and that we've got to improve those areas to take the next step as a program. That's just bottom line. And we haven't really had necessarily the guy that can make a guy miss consistently at the running back position because in our leg, you're not going to block them all. At the end of the day, you got to make a guy miss. you got to run through contact. We haven't stayed healthy at the running back position either. So hopefully we can stay healthy at that position. we got to be more consistent stopping the run, and we've got to do a much better job on the perimeter in our secondary uh, of playing the short screens. Two last questions are going to be here. Here on the right, third row. Will 
Israel was a guy that obviously came on pretty yep. strong last year. Just what are your expectations for him entering his sophomore season and kind of what's the next step for his game? Well, his most talented attribute is his work ethic. The guy works extremely hard. He attacks the offseason program the right way. Uh, so I have a high expectation for him because I know he's got high expectations for himself. Uh, and I think athletically he's what you want. He's got good length. He's got good top-end speed to finish. Uh, but, again, his, his most talented attribute, in my opinion, is his competitive edge. Final question right here, Coach, second row. Jeff Owen, Spurs and Feathers. Will, you mentioned earlier today that you hosted the seniors at your house. What, mm -hmm. what was the initiative? What was your message to them? Well, we do that every year, and that's not really that's not really a formal meeting. That's more of a relax, and I think it's important for them to see me as a father and a husband, and uh, outside of the coaching environment, and uh, and, and just kind of let your hair down and enjoy yourself. And, and we certainly did that. We had them fishing and tubing and wakeboarding and karaoke in there. Donald Donnell Stanley, my wife Carol, were karaoke in there there late at night and feed them a good meal, but come out of the house and just relax. They've they've worked extremely hard this summer. And as I said earlier, I think they've done a really good job from an accountability standpoint of holding this team accountable to a certain standard. And, and I just, it's just a small form to say thank you and I appreciate them and what they've done. And this is a special class for me because it's the fourth year and a lot of these guys came in when we had just won three games and lost to Citadel in a coaching transition. Uh, the, always the uncertainties of that. And a lot of these guys, it was a leap of faith a little bit to come to South Carolina. You look at a guy like Brian Edwards, who could have gone to a lot of different schools and decided to stick with his commitment and come to South Carolina. T.J. Brunson, that was committed to another school, decided to come here. Rico Dottle decided to come to South Carolina. Jake Bentley came early to South Carolina. Donnell Stanley was here. He's now going to be a four-year starter. Dennis Warren was committed to another school, decided to come here. I mean, you know, the, the list goes on. Kier Thomas just committed to another school, decided to come to South Carolina. So a lot of these guys had a leap of faith in our staff, in our school, to come to South Carolina. So this is a special group to me. The head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, Will Muschamp, at day three of the SEC Media Days. Glad that we could cover that for you. And again, the Gamecocks start their season at a neutral site there in Charlotte against the North Carolina Tar Heels on Labor Day weekend. The Gamecocks, oh, by the way, they have the top three teams, I think, in the country on their schedule here in 2019. Not only do they face off against Alabama in the first month of the season, they got the Georgia Bulldogs, as they would normally have as being an SEC East team. And, oh, they also have to face off against the Clemson Tigers. Now, that is one heck of a schedule for Gamecock fans to have to overcome. But that comes with the territory, as Will Muschamp said at SEC Media Days. He knew the schedule. That's part of being an SEC coach. And that's what Gamecock fans are excited about. How well will Jake Bentley and Brian Edwards and crew do with the Garnet Black in 2019? And that is our SEC coverage here on this Thursday, y'all. Now, join us on Friday. We're going to continue our fun from the ACC as we'll have the Coastal Division coaches spotlighted on our finale for the week. But also, we'll have the coverage of the fourth day of SEC Media Days. You're going to hear some audio from Gus Malzahn, coach of the Auburn Tigers. You'll have Mark Stoops' audio, coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, and Derek Mason, coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores. All three coaches will wrap up our SEC Media Days coverage on the Friday, y'all. So we've got all the fun and Hoover covered as well as the ACC. And that will conclude our y'all show here on this Thursday. Thank y'all for being a part of y'all. Reminder, our website, y'all.com. We link the show each and every day there. Plus, we've got some other fun articles going up multiple times a day. It's y-a-l-l.com. 
It's the guide for the South, y'all.com. I'm John Rawl. Thank you all for listening to y'all, and we'll see you here tomorrow. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed.